done. I'll read the text, pray, and you can be seated. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 8. And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. She said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And that's a great message in itself, what they furnished it with. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. <laughs> That's mean. He, he, even the Holy Ghost didn't say that the woman was old. Did y'all catch that? Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's what the Bible says, and her husband is old. Verse 15. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season... According to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And he said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God. She said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God. Do not thy lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers, and he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she, then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive, go forward, slack not thy riding for me. 
except I bid thee what she said was put her in the wind, let you tell, uh, tell things on your coat, flap, and don't hold up. That's what she said. Amen. That's in the Masoretic text. And by, amen. Are y'all so glad to be at church tonight? Amen. Verse 25. And she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with the husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. When she came to the man of God to the hill and caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. She, then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, take thy staff in thine hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. The mother child said, As the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before him and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet her and told him, saying, The child is not awake. Then Elisha was coming to the house. Behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed and went in therefore, shut the door upon them twain, prayed unto the Lord, and he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. And so he called her and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. Father, we love you today. Pray you help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I know I don't deserve anything. Don't even deserve to be washed in the blood. Don't deserve to have the call upon our life. But Lord, you call me with accord, not according to my works, but according to your purpose, which is in Christ Jesus for the world began to stand now, Lord, for no man can help me but you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you clear my mind of everything. And Lord, help us to get our hearts centered upon this truth Clear a mind of everything that would grieve or hinder the Spirit of God in any way. Let nothing grieve or hinder the work of God that needs to go on in the house of God tonight. We plead the blood over this service, over this message. Pray God over me. And pray God that you wash me fresh and let me be a vessel fit and meet for the Master's use. Lord, I pray God that you'd use and preach through me to bring glory unto your name. Let me to feed your sheep and your lambs. And I pray we walk out of here having been nourished through the Word of God. I praise you and thank you. I pray the wind of God will blow upon the scripture. The word of God that is alive will be quickened again out of the hearts of sinners who might be here, who might be lost. And Lord, surely on a Wednesday night, 
and a cry out like this, Lord. Most of the folks here are saved, but Lord, I pray for even little hearts that you'd prick them and deal with them hard and draw them unto yourself. Lord, you're abundantly able to do above all we can ask or think, and we ask you, Lord, and we plead, and Lord, we can think a whole lot. And Lord, the fact that you can do above what we could ask or even think amazes. We ask God that your will be done in Jesus' name. We'll thank you and pray. Amen. If the Lord would help us, you can be seated. If the Lord would help us tonight, I want to preach on first responders. I want to ask you, are you a spiritual first responders? I didn't realize this. Of course, I, I guess I'm connected now. But each year during the third week of May, the week that we're in right now, this country recognizes what they call National EMS Week, honors all the first responders, uh, meaning the police and uh, paramedics, EMT, MTRs, EMRs, and firefighters, everybody, medical professionals that dedicate their lives to saving other people. This whole week is called that. It's called uh, the National EMS Week. So I want to ask you, thinking on that thought this week, I was praying and studying, and man, God just hit me with this, uh, began to hit me with it in the meeting I was in. You know the Holy Ghost is there when you get in a message while the man of God's preaching. And uh, boy, I, I was getting help from my soul, and then the Lord began to stir thoughts in my heart. And I, I don't feel like it's done, but the Lord said preach it, so we're going to mind the Lord. I want you to ask yourself this question tonight. Am I, am I, are we, spiritual first responders? Are we the ones that when the world falls apart around our loved one, they call us? Are we that person that when the bottom drops out, they'll pick up the 911 spiritual helpline and say, I need you to pray. I, I need you to show up in my life. I need to come to your house. Are you a spiritual responder, first responder? Hey, here's what I've been praying about, and I'm going to share a few things with you, then I'll preach what's on my heart. It, the qualifications for a first responder First responders always have to be ready. Have to be ready. Have to have their mind ready, their, their thinking ready, have to have equipment ready. We have, they have to stay on ready. They always have to be reachable. You have to reach out to them. They, have to, they don't live hermit lives. They have to be able to reach out to them. They are always reasoning by their experience, by their study, by their meditation, uh, by what they've interacted with. They, they are reasoning. Uh, now, I'm, I'm applying this spiritually. We've got to be always ready, Brother Scott. We've got to be reachable and touchable by folks who may need us and us for a spiritual first responder. We need to be reasoning through the scriptures, not our opinions, uh, not, not, but something we've experienced. Paul said, I delivered unto you the gospel that I preach is something I first received myself in 1 Corinthians 15. So always rent. Then they have to be always rendering help, rendering aid, rendering comfort. Uh, you see a lot of first responders, spiritually especially, they should be a refuge. Amen. 
Thank God they need to always be reinforcing your comfort, your help, never do anything to tear you down. Well, I want to say right off the outset, I'm glad we have a spiritual responder. Amen. He is the first responder. He's the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. Amen. Before time ever was, he saw the man that he hadn't even yet created, and he was first on the scene. I say amen. Man, when Adam sinned in the garden, didn't take him by surprise. Uh, who showed up first? Amen. It was the first responder. Hallelujah. These qualifications. Amen. They, they can be said of us. I wonder, can they be said of us? Can they be said of the preacher? Can they be said of the people that sit in the pews? Can they be said of us that's been saved for a little while? That in an emergency, when everything has fallen apart, I wonder if people in our lives around us, our acquaintances, our friends, our family, I wonder if they would consider us a first responder, somebody that God can use to do something that nobody else could do. What is that? Reach God for him. Amen. I want you to notice for me, let's walk through the text for just a minute. In our text in 2 Kings in chapter number 4, look at verse number 8 and 9. Look at the Bible. Let's read it again. And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. I want you to notice her constraint. But watch, watch this. She constrained him to eat bread, and it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. It wasn't a day that went by that he couldn't have a warm meal down at the Shunem's house. This Shunemite girl, this Shunemite woman that was married to an older man, most folks feel like she was older in age too, and said every time they were to come by her house, by the God knew he could get something to eat. He found fellowship. Hey man, he found what he needed to survive, and she did what she could to further the ministry of the man of God. Then notice verse 9. And she said unto her husband, now she must have had a good husband and the Bible said behold now I, per, I perceive watch what she said about this man of God she said that he is a holy man of God which passeth by here continually she, she had a constraint brother Scott she had a constraint for the man of God for the things of God and she, it was her job to minister the things that she was able to do I remember them saying she did about Mary she did what she could. Oh God I hope when we get before the Lord I've, I've got a feeling I've had days I've got weeks I've got months brother Doug, that I haven't done all that I could do. I mean what it be said that the Lord would say he done what he could do it ain't our job to change the whole world it ain't our job to see everybody sane but I'm just asking you have you done what you could do for the church? Land them independent about it. Have you done what you could for your family? For, amen. She did what you, I, I look at this woman and she is a woman that did what she could. She could make a meal and she could provide a place for the man of God and his servant. Notice her constraint. But I want you to notice her care. Look at verse number 10. Here's, this is what the Bible said. The Holy Ghost inspired this word. We do believe that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. Watch what he said in verse number 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. Amen. 
great God in heaven. I, 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 I'd like to deal with that, but praise God. <laughs> Y'all know what goes on the bed, don't you? A comforter. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know what goes on the table, don't you? Food. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. You know what a stool's for? That's for resting from all the work and a candlestick to give you life. Hey, the Bible says that she said for him, she not, only, she not only had it built, but she furnished it. She just didn't make a place for him to throw a mat down like he does out there. She furnished it. The idea is many think that she put more into that little room than she did in her own house. Boy, ain't that something. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it, notice, thank God, her care. That, let's just read it one more time. Look at verse 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on a wall. Let us set for him there a bed and table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he, come, when he cometh to us that he shall turn in hit thither. Now watch this in verse 13. The man of God, having received all these blessings, the meals and, and the chamber, and it fell on that day that he came thither, he went into the chamber and he laid down. He's interested in being a blessing to the one that has been blessing him. Notice what he says to her in verse 13. And he said unto her, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful. Notice her constraint. Then notice her care. She is careful and caring in her ways. Boy, I like people who are caring. I mean, they just automatic. I would name some people, but anytime you name some people and mention some things that they do, other people look at them different. So I'm just saying, thank God for some people that know how to take care of you. Amen. Notice what, when you look at her care, she was a compassionate person. She's somebody that desired to provide a complimentary bed and breakfast for the man of God. Nobody else could stay here. Hey man, she wasn't renting this thing out, brother. She wasn't making an Airbnb that she could rent out and make some money. She said, I'm gonna make sure this is his bed and breakfast. Boy, I like that. That's just a blessing. Accommodations for the prophet, her compassion. She is a compassionate person. She was a careful person. I've already said the word care. Here's, here's what the word means. It indicates that she was meticulous and conscientious in her concern and the way that she honored him. She, wasn't just, she didn't just make something. She was meticulous in its furnishing. She was meticulous in the place that it was added on to the house, on the side of the wall. She didn't just make a room in her house. That would have been more convenient. She made a room for him. She was a careful person, a compassionate person. Here's what Elijah, Elisha says in verse 13. You have, he said that you have honored us with all this honor. Behold, now has been cared for us with all this care. You've honored us. You've cared for us. You've took care of us. Oh, man, thank God she was a careful person. But watch verse 13. He's trying to figure out what, what can he do? What, how can he be a blessing? Look, look at the rest of verse 13. He said, what is to be done for thee? Do you want us to talk to the king for you? Do you want us to talk to the captain of the Lord's host? You want us to mention your name in, in the court 
where the king's at and maybe he'll show you some favor. He might even give you a promotion, give you a better place to live. Do you want us to talk to the captain of the host? They might can provide you a little more safety out here among the enemies. And here's what she said. I'll dwell among my own people. She was, brother, in her care, she was compassionate. She was careful. But thank God she was content. This woman, this woman was content where she was. She said, she said, I dwell among my own people. In other words, she lived a quiet, peaceable life among her own people. She didn't need no audience with the king. She didn't need no special favor from the captain of the Lord's host. She had the attitude of Paul over in Philippians 4.11. Whatever state I'm in, I'm just going to be content. Somebody help me. Oh, yes. Amen. She's a contented lady, careful lady, compassionate. Man, look at her care. But because of it, she was a crown lady. If you look at verse number 14, here's what the Bible said in verse number 14. And he said unto her, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well, she don't have no child. And her husband's old. I mean, she don't have no child. Evidently, her husband's old. She's probably not young herself. It's going to have to be something supernatural, Elisha. Elisha, it can't, it can't just be, look, she, I tell you, for something we can do for her, she, needs, she, has, she has never enjoyed the privilege of being a parent. And her womb is shut up. And for anybody that, that may have never been blessed of God, here's what the Bible said, and I believe it's Isaiah 54. Oh, my, to them whose womb has not bare, they might be barren. God's going to bless them with spiritual blessings. Amen. Oh, thank God he does. Hallelujah. Here's, here's what the book says. Watch this. He said, what can we do? Watch verse 14. They got, they're aged, they're old. <laughs> Amen. Amen. They're old, verse 15. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood at the door and he said about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace the son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. She didn't even have enough faith to receive what God had already promised through the man of God. And the woman conceived by her son that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. She wouldn't, hey, when you're careful, hey, man, when you're compassionate, when you're contented, you know what she's going to be? Crowned, hey, man, she got a blessing, thank God. Hey, man, she got to embrace a son. She wasn't just pregnant. She saw it born and then got to hold it. That boy got to grow. And you know what the amazing thing is? That wasn't just the, it wasn't just the crown of being a parent. There was the crown of prophecy. This birth right here, there's never been another one born just like this one. Hey, man, that's pointing to another birth that nobody ever, hey, man, hallelujah. Her son got to be a prophetic picture of Jesus Christ. Woo! I'll tell you what, boy, what a blessing. Just being caring, hey, man, being content. Thank God. Hey, man, and being compassionate. Look what it's brought to her. But then we see, this, she got the blessing of a son. But then we see her calamity. The son that she was blessed with died probably the way it looks in the scripture as a sunstroke. Now this son that's a blessing, she's got a blessing of a son, now she's got a burden over a son. 
What, what, what's your confidence? Look at verse, let's go back, look, look at verse number nine. She said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive this is a holy man of God. She had confidence in a few things. She said, I'm confident that this is not just a man of God, this is a holy man of God. She said, Hey, here's our spiritual first responder. She was confident in the man of God. She was confident in the mystery of God. That an old man and an old woman could have a son in their old age. They had tried. They, they all no doubt wanted a child. They felt as if they were so hungry for a child that when he mentioned it, they said, no, don't lie to your handmaid. Not the one that's been careful, that's been compassionate, that's been careful. Don't lie to me. Don't put it out there for me. Don't let dangle it like a carrot in front of me. Don't just mention it to be so. She couldn't believe it. The mystery of God. She was confident. Even though she didn't understand it, she was confident. And by the way, this, I, let me just say this. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand everything there is about God. But here, here's the way I like to think about it. I believe, not because I understand, I understand because I believe. I, I understand that God's got a plan that I can't figure out. And I understand that his will's better than my will. And I understand it because I believe. If you're waiting till you can dot every I in the scripture, cross every T before you have faith, you ain't never gonna have faith. I'm still finding nuggets just like I found today. And she had confidence in the man of God, in the mystery that God could produce a son through them. But she had confidence in the ministry that was available to the people of God. She had confidence in that. I, I want you to think about this. When all this is going on, in the calamity of her son, in the midst of the calamity, she had a confidence. She had a confidence that God could give her a son, and if God could give her a son, she knew where she could get help for her son. She had confidence in the man of God that said she was going to embrace the son, and if she had confidence in the man of God that prophesied she'd embrace the son, she would have confidence in the man of God that somehow or another could help her son and get him out of the dead state that he is in. She had confidence. I want you to notice her calamity. Let's read the text. You've already heard it. When the child was grown in verse number 18, it fell on the day that the child, the the boy went out to the father and to the reapers. And he said unto my father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. The Bible said when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, watch this. The boy, her son, the blessing had become a burden right now. She, uh, this is a son that she was blessed with, but now she, this is a son she's burdened over. I didn't know we was going to experience this very situation here tonight. But brother, brother, I can see in the text, God's already told us what he can do. Somebody say amen. This son that you remember, them, some of you's got children that's grown. What a blessing it was to first hold that baby, first hold that, first hold that daughter. And now that they've grown and they've gone out through the world, 
And man, you've got a burden on your heart because they may be dead in their trespasses and sin. But can I say, hey man, keep on bringing them to church. Get them around the mind of God because they need preaching. Somebody say amen. Here's, here's, she had confidence in the man of God. In the mystery that God gave her a son supernaturally and the God that gave her a son supernaturally can raise him. She had confidence in the ministry. Here is it, man. I've just tried to minister to this man. He's ministered to me and my husband. And he, if he ever has done it, and if he's ever worked, he can do it again. So notice what the Bible said. When, when, when this little boy died, he sat on her knees till noon, then he died. And she went up and laid him. She didn't lay him. And that day you had to bury the person that died Almost immediately. You couldn't wait a day like ours. I mean, it was hot. It's oh, high. It's high temperature. No matter what time of year it is, they, they've got to be put in the ground quick. She didn't put him in the ground. She didn't call the funeral home. She didn't lay him in a carriage and take him over to the mortuary. She, hey, man, I'm going to tell you what she did. She laid him on the first responder's bed. That's what she did. Hey, man. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. Shut the door. As if she's going to keep him in there. He's dead. She shut the door and went out. And notice what she, she called on her husband and said, give me that fast one. <laughs> Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, one of the ashes that I may run to the man of God and come again. When he gets to her, notice what the Bible says. And the Bible said, she said, and he said, he made a complaint, and I'll deal with him in a minute, in verse number 24. She sat on the ass, said to the servant, drive, go for him. That word there, drive, means to, to go wide open. It means to go furiously. It means to not hold back the reins. It means he was, he, everything that the horse or the ass could do, they were running wide open. And slack not, for slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So he went, came to the man of God in the Mount of Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw afar off that he said to Gehazi, the servant behind yonder is a Shulamite. And he said, run, I pray thee to meet her. I want you to think about it. When she finally got there, y'all know the story. Let's skip forward. He, when she finally got there, he sent word to Gehazi. He said, when you get over there to her, he said, I can see her coming. I'm not going to wait on her. Hey man, I'm gonna take the need she I'm gonna hey man. Hallelujah. I was trying to think of one of them. I'm gonna take DoorDash to her. Hey man. I'm gonna I'm gonna take her what she needs. She's come to me. She's took care of me. I didn't know she was making me in the room. I sure didn't know she was gonna give me a bed, a table, and a stool, and get me a candlestick. She's went over and above. She's conscientious, she's meticulous. I see her coming. There's that Shunamite. That one. Not just anyone, but that one. That one is kind. That one is, hey man, that is a compassionate and caring. That's that Shunamite. You go over there and take that rod and see what's wrong with her and ask her when you get there, is it well? Notice what he said. And verse 26, run now, I pray thee to meet her and say to her, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered, it is well. Here's a, here's a me the message. How is it with us tonight? See, a first responder knows they have to check the patient when they get on scene. How are you? Is it well with you? She lied. She said, it is well. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, she had faith and she meant it was well with my soul. We're going to get there in a minute and I'm going to end up there. But she didn't answer truthfully, it is well. Because truthfully we could say, 
she's like a lot of us. We'll come in church, we'll have a smile on our face, but there's a storm in our soul. We'll come to church, we'll lift our hand, but our heart is down. We'll come into church, we'll have our head up, and if it wasn't just for the grace of God, we wouldn't even hardly get out of the car. See, she's, she's coming to him and she said, oh, it is well. And when she come to the man of God, he knew it wasn't well. He said her soul is vexed. When she got there, she fell and grabbed his feet. Gehazi said, leave the man of God alone. She said, he said, no, the Lord's hid it from me. He knew, when the, he knew where the enemy was going to attack. Anything that happened, even to the king, he knew about it. But God had hid it because, to give us a story right here, he said, I want you to ask her, is it well with her? Is it well with you? He asked her three questions. Is it well with you? Acted as if it was okay, but the opposite was true. She is smiling but holding back suffering. You say, preacher, she said it by faith. I hope that's why she said it. She knew it would be well. Maybe, maybe Here's what I believe. Here's what I, I, I feel like. I think you can apply it both ways, but I feel like she knew it is well if I can get to my first responder. It is well if I can ever get to that man who's my spiritual help in my time of need. He's a holy man of God. I wanted to make sure we had a room for him so the holy man of God would come by our house. I wanted to make sure he had a meal on the table so we could just be around that holy man of God. She said, if I can just get them, and it might be because when her husband, <laughs> amen, her husband asked this question, she said, it shall be well. What's she saying? She said, if I can get to my help, it's going to be well. If I can get to the man that gets to God, it'll be well. If, hey, man, great God in heaven. I wish her husband could have been the spiritual first response, but he ain't. We'll get to him in a second. Is it well with you tonight? Is, are you secretly got a smile on your face, but you're hiding? You can't, you can't access the problems of a patient. I, I, I mean, Michelle's talked about this. A, a good bit. You can't access the patient when they don't tell you everything that's going on. You can't help somebody that won't even tell you they got a problem. Is it well? Well, she done told her husband, it shall be well, so we're going to say she did it by faith. But I wonder tonight, is it well? When I ask you, is it well with you? I'm asking you, are you saved? Is it well with your soul? If, if, if everything around you falls apart, will you still say, I know it's well because I'm saved and I'm going to heaven? I get to thinking about her getting to this man of God. No doubt, she had a relationship that was well. She knew if she could get to that man of God, it shall be well. She done told her husband. She knew where to go to. She saddled a young man, saddled an ass to go as quick as he can and slack not. And she ain't just sending him. She's going to go with him. She's going after God. She's going after the help or the preacher, the prophet of God. She's going to where she needs 
to get a link to heaven. But she's mad at God. I'm going to prove it to you. She's mad at God. I mean, she's mad. She's got a relationship that's well, but her fellowship ain't well. So I want to ask you tonight, is it well with you? You said, preacher, I'm saved. When you ask me, is it well? Everything about my life ain't well. One day it shall be well. But I'm at, hey, I know I'm saved, so that part, it is well. I can say it's like the song we sing. I'm going to try to get Victoria to play it. We're going to sing it at the end. But Lord willing, Brother Childs can help sing it. Hey, I'm glad it, we can say it is well with my soul. But our relationship. But there's times in our marriage to Michelle that our relationship has been great. Our fellowship has been great. And we didn't, we didn't get a divorce. That relationship's intact. But man, there's been times that fellowship ain't been intact. And brother, she's mad at God. Notice what she, here's what she says. She's mad. The blessing, getting a son. The burden she has over the son. But she's got bitterness toward God about her son. I'm not making this up. Let's look at the text. The man of God said, in the latter part of verse 27, let her alone for her soul is vexed within her and the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. Look at verse 28. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? You know what she's saying? Why would God give me a son and take it back? Why would God give me a blessing that I didn't even go and knock on your door and ask for it? You come and told me God would give me this. Why did God have to take my blessing? I don't know if anybody's ever felt like that before. I believe if we'd be honest, we'd probably have. She's vexed. She's broken, even bitter over the child. That's what, I mean, that's what the text says. Verse 28, did I not say do not deceive me. She's saying, you, you deceived me. You told me a lie. You told me a lie. You tricked me. You gave me something and then took it back. You gave me a blessing and you take it from me. I don't believe, I don't believe I, I don't believe I, I don't believe I understand this. Well, just hold on now. We don't believe because we understand. We understand because we believe. We have to trust God because we believed in him by faith. But when you're out of fellowship with God, when you get mad at God, now I just want to go ahead and tell you, God don't mind you questioning him. Jesus was our example, and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Would everybody at least agree that God asked God a question? Hey man, and he's in flesh and everything he ever did is our example. And so if it's all right, while he's dying, all of our sin is placed on him. It's all right to say, God, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't know why. why. I feel like you've lied to me, Lord. You have gave me a blessing and yet you took it back. I, I wonder... There's a mom in here, a woman, a child, a young lady. And, and, and God's gave you a, gave, a young one. 
and he's blessed you with life, but they're not saved. And you almost want to say, now God, you, you, you gave me this child and you said if I'd pray, I'd done quoted Acts 16 to I'm, I'm hoarse and, and I prayed in faith, nothing wavering, and I've asked you to save him and you ain't saved him. When, when you feel like you can't go to nowhere, I'm glad you can go to your first responder. Don't forget, Jesus is your first responder. Amen. I, I wonder, mamas, what I'm asking is, I wonder, and I'll get to daddies in a minute. I'm asking you, is it well with you and your relationship? Is it well with all the blessings that God's given you? Is it well, even through your brokenness, that you don't let your bad temper and your flesh make you bitter because God ain't answered your prayer immediately? Is it well with you? You can get out of sorts with God. Thank God she didn't get out of sorts with the man of God. But that ain't the only question. Notice what she said. He said, is it well with thee? And then he said, and it wasn't well with her. Now she knew it shall be well. If she can get to God through the man of God, it shall be well, but it ain't well right now. I'm mad at God. I don't understand. I didn't ask for it. Why did you deceive me? That's what she said. Why did you deceive me? Then she said, how is your husband? She said, hey, hey it is well. It's well. Wait just a minute. Is it, is it well? She, he asked him all three questions and she gave the answer. Blanket answer for all three questions. It is well. It wasn't well. I'm going to tell you why it wasn't well. Look back at verse number 19. He said unto his father, while his father's in the field, he said unto his father, my head, my head, here's a man that is providing for his family. Now, all y'all men, y'all know how I preach it. And, and, and I, I might need to preach it all over again. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and, and, and some of you ain't going to like it, but it don't change my opinion. The Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. We know that. Believer with unbeliever, I believe that. I don't even really think that a Baptist ought to be with a Catholic or a Methodist. What are you going to do when it comes to baptizing? One of us is going to be fighting about sprinkling. Hey, man, preacher. Hey, man, man of God. Tell it, preacher. Thank you, amen. Y'all know I try. But here's, here's what the Bible says. A man that won't provide for his house is worse than an infidel. I wouldn't even talk, girls, to a guy that's lazy and don't want to work. Preach on, preacher. Hey, man, if I got calluses on her thumb, it'll be a red flag, somebody said. Hey, man, are y'all with me? Thank God he's providing. He must be providing pretty good because when his, and he's patient, when his wife came to him and said, hey, I want to build a, a, I want to build a little room. She didn't say I'm going to build him a whole other house. I just want to build a room. It had to be pretty big. Had, had two people, had bed, had a table, had a candlestick, had a stool. I mean, pretty, pretty good size for that day. And, and he never bugged once, he did it. When she had a burden, take care of the man of God, he must have had some money stashed up. 
He didn't say, well, I was wanting to take you on 14 cruises, three Disney trips, and 16 trips to Montana. That ain't what he said. Man, it would have been a trip from there. That ain't what he said. He did it. So he's providing for his family. He's working in the field. He's got laborers under him because he's going to tell one of them little field hands to take a lad to take that boy to his mama. But here's the problem. Is it well we husband? No, it ain't well. Because the Bible says that he said to the lad, his boy, his son of an old age, supernaturally <laughs> provided by God, picturing the Messiah, He's holding his head and in pain. And he said, hey, I'm busy working. I ain't got time to worry with this boy. Y'all take him to his mama. Am I making that up? Is that in your, let's read, y'all, y'all looking at me like I'm great. Let's, let's just read it. Verse 19, the boy said, the child in verse 18 was grown, by the way. Still calls him a child. Matter of fact, it gives you the idea, and, and you just have to take this for a grain of salt. Some folks say 18 to 19. Some folks say as old as 30. It don't matter how big they are. If they grown, they grown, but they still your child. Is everybody with me? All right, so here, here's this boy. He's grown. He's failed. Maybe he's out there working with his daddy. He's holding his head. And watch what the daddy says. And he said to a lad, to a random field hand to somebody that's working carry him to his mother he's doing great he's providing for his family but I'm going to tell you what he's preoccupied he's preoccupied with the hustle Are y'all, y'all? here's what I'm saying don't be so busy providing that you're absent at the house for your children amen preacher don't be so busy living life that you neglect your children, the blessings that God's give you. You know what you'll do? You'll wound your children. Here's what he said. Is it well? God's, it says, is it well with you? Yeah, it is well. Is it well with your husband? It is well. No, it isn't well. He's preoccupied. He don't even have time to take care of his son. He's more worried about making a dollar than he is delivering the boy to his mama. How's he? They ain't got, he got a cell phone and a CB radio. He said, let me know when you get there. Text me and let you know. He can't do that. He's out there and he took his boy, his boy that sits, got holding his head, take him to his mama. And he dies on his mama's knees. He's preoccupied. I wonder what's got you preoccupied that you, ain't, that you can't even take Hey, man, time to take care of your children. Is everybody with me? But it's not only that, brother. He's so busy, he can't, he's preoccupied that he don't even want to go to church. He don't want to go to the preacher. He don't want to go Carmel. Y'all do know Carmel, don't you? That's where the fire fell. Hey, man, hey, man that's where God showed he's the only true God. Ain't no wonder Elisha's hanging out there. I'd hang out there, too, if I was him. I'd want to get around where I'll just get this rub over here and get a little glory on me. Hey, man, I mean, it's where God showed out right here. He showed out. Here's what he said. It ain't well with her husband. Look what the Bible said. I'm not making it up. Look at verse 23. Wherefore wilt thou go to... He, she said, I'm going to go to the man of God. The boy died. 
She laid him on the bed. She called unto her husband. Send me, I pray that one of the young asked me to run to the man of God and come again. He didn't say, is the boy okay? He didn't say, can I do anything? Forget a young lad. Let me go, baby. I'm going to take you. And when I get done, there'll be a trail four foot wide and two foot deep. Hey, that thing's going to be pawing the ground up because I'm going to go here. You know what he said? Look what he said, Brother Doug. Why are you going to go to him today? It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. In other words, it ain't church time. I mean, we ain't got to go Wednesday night. You ain't got to go every revival. You ain't got to go Sunday morning, Sunday night. I feel like preaching right there. See, he's so preoccupied with padding his own life. They didn't even care about his personal son or about the presence of God. He said, I ain't worried about it. He said, oh, it ain't a new moon. It's church. I'm working. I don't have time for worship. I just want to say this. Look up here, mom and daddy, grandma and grandpa, everybody that's here, young people that's going to have kids. Your kids are going to inherit traits of your faith, of your failures, or your faults. Which one are you going to leave behind? I hope you leaving, you let, hey man, hey man, down in low gear. I feel like I hope and pray my boys is going to get faith. I hope they don't, hey man, I don't want to let them get my faith. I don't want to leave behind my grandkid that's coming, first granddaughter. Hey man, I wish I had something fly right quick. Hey man, I, I, I ain't worried about, I don't want to, I'm telling you right now, I'm done planning on starting a prison ministry time she turns about 16. Y'all better get somebody lined up. Because I'm, hey man, hey man. I ain't got to worry about it. Those sis going to do it. Hey man. I, I believe this, brother. He's so preoccupied that he don't care. Hey, I'm going to leave him a field. I'm going to leave him a fortune. Well, you can leave them a field and you can leave them a fortune and you can stack up all the things you want to. And man, if they don't have God, it ain't worth nothing. You gain the whole world and lose your soul, it ain't nothing. Amen, Amen preacher. Amen, that's right. Hey, hey I'm gonna tell you what he, I'm gonna tell you what he what he said. He said, ain't new moon. It ain't Sabbath. It ain't church day. Why don't we gotta go see the preacher? Why are you going? You ain't always gotta go to church. Y'all cleaning it again? You decorating again, Miss Connie? Good Lord. I mean, you just put flyers out. I mean, that's what he's, why, why you got to go to church? Are y'all with me today? Boy, I feel like light bulbs is going off all over the church. Listen, don't get so busy that you buck God out of your life. It's not church time. Oh, come on. I get to thinking about that little teenage girl she died of a disease. Her mama comes over to the bed. I think it's Billy Graham that said this. Mama came over to the bed. It's one good thing he said. I know that, right? He goes over to preach on, preacher, amen. He goes over to the bed, and here's here's he's they can't figure out what's going on. They call the mama in, and the girl's dying, and the doctors can't do nothing. And the girl grabs her mama's hand 
and she says, you taught me how to dress to get men's attention. You taught me how to flirt. You taught me how to smoke a cigarette. You taught me how to drink a martini. But you never taught me about God. And she died. That's the last word she ever said. Y'all listen to this preacher. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to take them to the church. Let them hear the man of God preach. Amen. They'll have a chance to hear a whole lot better preacher. And so just bring them here. And then we're going to have revival. And they can hear some good preaching. Well. Say preacher. My husband don't really care to go. Well. This one didn't either. That might be some people in here. Your husband ain't going. I'll tell you what you ought to do. You know how to get your husband. You know how to get your husband to come to church Sunday? Tell him, say, man, my preacher is a fine looking man. That bro preaches. God's all over him. They'll show up next Sunday. Hey, man. They'll show up the next Sunday. I ain't going to stand for that. Boy, you ought to hear my Sunday school teacher. Woo, that boy's a fine-looking young man. That choir leader, boy, that boy plays that guitar up there. My goodness, that's a good look. I'm going to tell you what, that boy, that husband, somebody say amen. Y'all know I'm right. He said, how is your husband? Well, she said this, well, no, no, he ain't. He acts like he don't even care about your son. It ain't well. He don't even care about the place of worship. He don't even care about the person, the man of God. It ain't well with him. But maybe, Brother Scott, she said, when me, when me and the man of God get done talking to God, it's going to be well with my husband, and it's going to be well with me. Somebody say amen. And she said, is it well? And then he said, is it well with our son? She said, it is well. He started out dizzy, mostly, when he's, when he's, when he's, when he's holding his head. He probably dehydrated, dizzy, delirious. I've got, I, I, I'm telling you, I've had that place where I almost, almost had a sunstroke. Man, I'm telling you, that's a terrible thing. My bones ached at night. I, could, I couldn't sleep. My bones was hurting. The only thing I could do was I had to get up and I went to uh, Walmart and I got two Pedialytes and two Gatorades and, and mixed them all together and killed them. And I got some sleep after about six hours. I mean, I, I felt like, how, and the only reason I knew that, Keith Russell had it two months before I did, and I called him and said, pray for him. And he said, man, this is what you need to do. You know what she's doing? You know what, what I got? I got, some, I got some help from a first responder. I got some directions from somebody who didn't been down that road. Did somebody help me today? Her son wasn't well. How many of us say, we, we got a son that ain't well? We got a child that ain't well. We got a mom and dad that ain't well. We, we got something going on in our life, and to be honest with you, it ain't well, preacher. I need to get honest with God. It ain't well. But when, when, when you and yours are in trouble, ain't you glad there's somebody? We got a heavenly spiritual first responder that you can always go to. But thank God these spiritual people that God's let to be around us and we can go to them. I say amen. Are you a spiritual first responder? You got your bag of goodies with you. Are you ready at any time? Are you accessible at any time? Are you able to reassure? Are you going to help them? Are you going to be a blessing to them in the time of need when they need you the most? Are you going to show up on the scene? Are you going to be available when they come knocking on your door? Amen.
Notice what the commission from the man of God, verse 29. He said, Gird up your loins, Tom Gehazi. It's a sad thing that the man, the vessel, constrained the power that was in the rod. The messenger contaminated the message and hindered the power of God. That, that rod, had, God had done great things through the rod, but Gehazi was wicked on the inside, and the messenger and the vessel that God used to take that rod there contaminated the message. God help us today. The commission from the man of God, the conviction. Look at verse number 30. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. Now he said, You can send Gehazi on, but I'll tell you what, man of God, I ain't leaving you. She had a conviction. She's going to stay with the man of God. Now I want you to notice what happened. The Bible said in verse number 32, watch what happened. Watch these things that take place. In verse number 32, the Bible said he came in the house. The Bible said he came in the house. Some people wouldn't even let the preacher in the house. <laughs> he didn't come in the house because the, the husband went. He didn't come in the house because the daddy went. He went in the house because there's a mama that loved that boy. Somebody say amen. Hey, I'm sorry that some folks, I've known them ever since I've been saved. We had women that brought their children to church and they were faithful in church and husbands were sorry, low down. And I don't care how good they are, if they won't be the spiritual leader of the house, they are not providing spiritual leadership at the home. And they may provide money and they may provide a place to live. And I'm going to tell you, it's sorry when a mama and a woman has to be the spiritual leader and the mama. Somebody say amen. You know why there's exceptions in the Bible? There's exceptions to the rule. Me and Seth had about a four-hour conversation one day. There's the rule, and then there's the exception to the rule. They wouldn't, the rule is he don't want a woman to usurp authority over the man. That's the rule. But when you got every man that's a wimp and wears lace on their underwear, and then you got to raise up Deborah because you got a general that won't go to war unless she's holding his hand. Somebody say amen. Amen, preacher. That's exactly right. Amen. The commission from the man of God, the conviction she had, she's going to stay. But notice the compassion that he had. I love this. Look at verse, he, look at verse number 29. He said, listen, i got so much compassion, I'm going to send my servant, but I've got enough compassion, I'm going to come with you. And notice the conduct. When he gets there, remember, he came into the house. Most people wouldn't let him in the house. But notice what happened in verse 33. He shut the door. What did he do, brother, brother Scott? He shut the door at the woman who was mad at God. She ain't in the room. Now, I don't know about you mamas, but I know my wife. There ain't much going to go on with her boys, especially, amen. Well, man, that she ain't going to be around Amen. If, if her young and sick, I like to see Pardee keep her out. COVID or not, they'd be some gun slinging. She's from Shingle Holler. She, hey, he shut the door. He shut the door on bitterness. He shut the door at a person who's mad at God. She, he, hey man, at a bitter mom and a busy dad, he shut the door. That's what the Bible says. Ain't that what he said? I'm, I'm, I think I'm in the King James Bible. He went and there, somebody switched it. I mean, he went and Jerry might have switched it before he went. And I'm just kidding. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain. I mean, he makes it plain. It's just Elisha and the boy. 
he shut the door upon them twain. Y'all see that in your Bible? And prayed on the Lord. He shut the door. And then he performed. He prayed on the Lord and then he performed spiritual CPR. Watch what happens in verse 34. He went up and lay upon the child. Watch this now. He put his mouth on his mouth. Y'all didn't know CPR was in the Bible, Keisha. He laid on, that's what the Bible said. Said he put his mouth on his mouth. There's a whole message in that. But notice what the Bible says. He put his mouth in verse 34 upon his mouth. His eyes upon his eyes. His hands upon his hands. Stretched, him, stretched himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child got warm. Wax warm. His eyes upon his eyes. His hands upon his hands. And he stretched stretched it upon the child and he got warm I want my I want to be the kind of spiritual first responder that when there's somebody that's dead in their sins I can say hey let your hands do what my hands do let your eyes see what my eyes do let your mouth say what my mouth says let your life be like my life Paul told Timothy follow me as I follow the Lord and if you'll keep bringing them to church, that's where they'll get warm. But he still ain't alive. I mean, he still ain't up yet. He's warm. He went from cold corpse to warm body. But watch what happens. Watch this. It's in, it's in, it's in the book. He waxed warm, verse 34. That's bringing them to church. That's taking them around. That's letting the man of God be in their life. Let me just say something real quick. I know whether you love the preacher by seeing whether your kids love the preacher. If your kids love the preacher, then I know you ain't been barbecuing me after every service. Amen, preacher. Amen. That's, you know that's right. Amen. Watch, watch this right here. He got warm. And then the Bible said, look, look, he comes back down. He returned and walked in the house to and fro. He's walking in the house to and fro. Now, Keisha... You evaluate the patient. You do what you need to do. First of all, he prayed to the Lord, the great physician. He did what he needed to do. Then he goes out. And then he comes back. Am I right? Reevaluates the patient. Care may change. He's, 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 talk, he's walking this thing out with God. Has anybody in here ever walked and talked with God? I'm going to tell you what, when I'm frustrated, when I, when I want to see folks get saved and things get right with God, hey man, I, I just got to keep doing what I've always done. I'm not going to change it up. I, he went back there. The Bible said he did it again. That's what, that's what he said. He returned and walked to the house to her and went up and stretched himself upon him. Now why would he put his eyes why would he put his hands? Why would he put his mouth? Why would he put his whole body? The idea in the text is when they did that, he breathed on them. See, bringing them to church will get them warm. But help, helping them to hear the Holy Ghost. <laughs> He's talking about that. Well, I, I come up to the camp meeting yesterday. And I pulled up and I got out of the car and the fan run and then it went off. Then I opened the door, the fan came back on, then it went off. And I locked my car, and the fan came back on, and it went back off. And that man come up to him, and he said, what in the world is wrong with that car? I said, look, I should have been specific. If my buddy went all the way to Georgia to get a part, 
I prayed that the, the fam would run, and it runs a lot. And he said, you know what? It's moving the wind. And he said, good thing about this one, I can get close enough to hear it. I said, hey, boy, that's good preaching right there. Hey, man, I believe it's happening for illustration tonight. He breathed on him. You know what preaching does? It's when God through a natural man and does the supernatural power, breathes on the word of God. It goes out into people's life. They don't just get warmed up being around the things of God. Amen. Seeing people's hands, seeing people's eyes, seeing what people see and having people's lives impact their lives. Amen. But sometime or another, if you'll just keep doing what you're doing and keep walking and trusting and pacing and believing on God. Amen. And go right back and do it again. Even when you didn't see nothing but just a little stir. If you'll just keep go back and do it one more time, it might be that time that your eyes get open. And isn't that what the Bible said about sinners? That the devil have blinded the minds of them which believe not. And we was all dead in sins. And boy, if you'll just keep preaching, let the Holy Ghost keep breathing. And let the Word of God keep getting sunk in their heart. For for long, their eyes will come open. That's what the book says. Amen. The Bible said actually he sneezed seven times. One time, Two, three, four, five, six. That wasn't enough. Had to be seven for the number of completion. Amen. Per number of perfection. And when that thing was done, the Bible says, the child opened his eyes. And he said, Woo! Thank God he's alive. Y'all come over here. Deliver him to his mama. Amen. That's what he said. Call this Shulamite. When she was coming down the road, it was that Shulamite. Thank God. Amen. Now it's this Shunammite. She's got a raised boy now. It's this one. This particular one. This is the, that was the one that took care of us. And this is the one that God has taken care of her. Boy, ain't you glad? I sure glad when he shows up at our house. Save. Preacher, she did it all by faith. She done told her husband it shall be well. She knew it would be well if she could ever get to God. And she knew one person that could comfort her, one person that could care for her, one person that could call out to God for her. So here's, you think about this. I just wonder if we lived in such a way that when people needed a spiritual first responder, that you'd be the one they'd come looking for. Just ask yourself. Now remember, The Bible says, and by the way, it wasn't just because, it wasn't just about, it wasn't just about Elisha. It ain't got nothing to do with Elisha. Except for the fact that she said in verse 9, he is a holy man of God. That's what made Elisha be the spiritual responder was he was a man of God and God was on his man. Are we the men of God that God wants us to be? Remember, first responders got to be ready, reachable, reasonable. Reasoning, rendering aid when they can. Being there for them, be a refuge, be reinforcing. With these qualifications in mind, could it be said of us that when someone has an emergency, that they'll pick up the phone, get in the car, and come see us because we're the first responder spiritually in their life. When President Kennedy got shot, I wasn't alive. 
I, as far as I know, I wouldn't even thought about. But when President Kennedy got shot, and I believe I'm right, in 1969, I want to say December, I may be wrong on the month, but when he got shot, man, they couldn't pack them all there. They had fancy stands, because I've watched a lot of them shows, because I personally believe, y'all don't want to know why I believe, but I, I, tell you, I don't believe the man shot him. But I'll just tell you that. I believe there was some conspiracy going on. But that's another story. And here, here's what I think. Here's what I think, brothers. All those senators and all those representatives and all those rich people and all them dollar worshipers and all them old men and ever them movie stars and everybody, and they had that top down. And it wasn't because they wanted to see him. They wanted to see Jackie. That's why they wanted the top down. And they was all waving. And man, they was all looking at her. And then he got shot. You know what the first thing that happened? When, when they got him gone, somebody got on the microphone. They didn't say, hey, can we have every senator up here? Can, can, can we get all the old men up here? You know what, he, you know what they said? They said, is there a man of God in the house? Is there a preacher anywhere in the crowd? And here's what happened. CBT Smith got behind the microphone and said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. God, if it be your will, let the president live. But if it's not your will, hold this country together. Because you said, if my people, which are called by my name, and they got tore up. Woo, he said, if my people, you said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. And he left it with them. See, here's, here's what's going to happen. When, when your children go haywire, when everything goes wrong in your life, you ain't going to be caring about all the fancy people you know and all the success you had. You're going to look for some person, some spiritual first responder, some preacher, some, some man of God. Hey, man, you're going to look for some church, some church family that you can get to to call on God because it don't matter how many ambassadors to other countries and senators and fancy race car drivers and country music singers and all these people and who would pay $21,000 for four tickets and a limousine to see Taylor Swift plus a limousine to see Taylor Swift it won't matter how many concerts you've been to, how many gold plaques you got, how many guitars signed by Taylor Swift you got. It won't matter what kind of it won't matter what kind of toys, what kind of trinkets. You'll be looking for somebody to.
to get a hold of God because when the world falls apart, hey, I want to be that person. Don't you want to be that person that when he merges up and the bottom falls out, they'll call the spiritual first responder. Let's call my sister. She can get a hold of God. Let's call my brother. He can get a hold of God. Let's call daddy. They can get a hold of God. Or maybe it's a backslid daddy. Let's call my daughter. They can get a hold of God. If anybody can, they can. Don't you want your kids to say, let's call my mama. I know my mama. I've heard my mama call my name out. Her and God got a personal relationship. And you know what? It's just the way God gave it to me. But I, a whole illustration preacher gave so tremendous. Some, they some people that maybe you didn't get to have kids. And I know we gave Miss Rhonda one because she's got a lot of spiritual kids in here. And, and though, man, Isaiah 54 is so powerful. And though you didn't get to actually give life, you might be like that little lady who got a plaque from one of the children, a multitude that she got to mother. They called her second mama. They call her extended family. They call her the, uh, another mother. And, and, and one of them kids came up and gave her a plaque. And here's what it said, Brother Scott. You didn't give me life, but life gave me you. Are y'all listening to me? They is people all around us. And I hope to God. We are the spiritual first responder in their life. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Brianna, can you come help her maybe sing that song, It Is Well? I wonder if there's anything you need to go with God about. I wonder if there's anything. You say, it is well. I, hey, it shall be well if I can just get God to intervene on my behalf. It shall be well if I can just get a hold of the horns of the altar. Hey, here's what the Bible said. When she got there and the burden was overwhelming, she grabbed his feet. And thank God when she got her blessing, guess what? Next thing, she grabbed his feet again. She went to worshiping God. She fell before the one that she knew I could get a hold of God. It wasn't that she was worshiping Elijah. It was about the God that was in the man. He was not just a man, it was a God that was in the man. He represented God to Israel. He was, hey man, priest represent people to God. Prophet represents God to the people. He was representing God. She said, oh, pleading for mercy. But when it came, she thanked God for blessings. Hey man, her child is back. She's got her baby boy back. And I don't know what it is, what pain or suffering, what things going on. Don't hide it with a smile. Don't try to act like the storm don't exist. Don't try to act like those issues aren't happening. Just bring it to God. Give it to God. He's the real spiritual first responder. 